Hello everyone. Unfortunately, this episode has a lot of audio issues, which I was unable to fix in post. However, we still feel this episode has got good content, so that's why you're still listening to it. We hope to fix this problem in the future. Still, enjoy guys. Welcome everyone to the Sasquatch and Turnip Review Show. I'm Turnip. And I'm Sasquatch. How are you today, Sasquatch? I don't know. <laughs> were you not expecting that question? No, you always throw me questions I thought we were ready for title time. What is the title? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My coffee's not strong enough yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is a look into the process of starting it, because usually what happens is we take about five minutes of prepping all the mics and getting things ready. And today I decided, well, let's just start. And let's just see what happens. So here we are. Yeah, so I am not knowing what's happening. So what Sasquatch was meant to say is, this is episode five. Excuse me, no, I was not meant to say anything. Because we normally pick who's going to say the title, and he's just throwing the blame on me. So I'll just take over here. We're now doing Falcon and the Winter, Winter Soldier episode five, which was a nice hour-long episode this time, so plenty to talk about. Now turn up, would you like to talk? Okay. I said to you downstairs when we were watching it, about halfway through, and by the end of the episode it was still the same, I thought this was the best episode of the show so far. I thought it had pretty much everything you wanted in it. Yeah, I think it's my favourite one, definitely. I think I realised it once after the cool fight scene, after the really nice scene with Simo and Bucky, and then after the buddy comedy bit in the middle, I was like, yep, I'm sold, this is it. It was the buddy comedy bit, that was my favourite. Um, that's probably what I thought the show was going to start like, but at least it got there in the end. Got a wee bit of a bromance going on? Mm-hmm. Maybe another romance. Yeah, I also like that part. <laughs> right, let's start from the beginning. So we open up after Captain John has smushed that wee good. Yeah, and he's um, running away. Yeah. It looks like he's suffering from a combination of uh, maybe like remembering Lamar, a bit of PTSD, or... Just pure anger, or maybe it's just a serum affecting him, or a combination of everything. But he's not in a good state. Yeah, he's not right in the head, but he does seem to kind of collect himself. Because it's normally his wee friend that says, like, it's time to get to work, pull yourself together. Just done it himself this time. Yeah, Bucky and Sam turn up, and it's a really, really good scene, I think. Well, the minute Sam says it's time to give us the shield, we're like, shield battle, yes! <laughs> mm. He holds his own well against two of them. I don't know if he's maybe maybe they're sort of showing that he might be like just as strong as almost two of them. Well, I thought they were trying to show that one, he has a super soldier now, so he can mm -hmm. tackle Bucky, but also he does have the army training, so he has a good fighter. So in theory, he should have been a good Captain America, but it's well, not all about your training to get that role. Yeah, exactly. Sasquatch had me write down at the very beginning of the episode, and we notebook just said, right, he's a grenade. And I didn't ask what she meant by that at, the point, at that time. I just wrote it down, and now I'm just showing her, and I'm like, explain, please. Right, so I'll explain this. So when Sam and Bucky go in, and they're saying, like, give me the shield, and he's, he's collected his thoughts, but he's not quite all there in the head yet. You can tell he's still angry, he's still wanting blood. And they're being very, very careful about which words they're saying to him, so they don't set him off. So he was like a wee grenade. The minute they pushed the wrong thing or pulled the wrong thing, he was just going to set off and explode. But then Bucky was just like, time to fight now, <laughs> and jumps in anyway. 
That I also want to point out that the wee notebook is yours. I don't bother with the notes. Sometimes you write in it. Only when there's something important like Weibo or grenades. You didn't even write grenade. I wrote it. I know. I've adapted. Okay. So they have a really good fight scene, I think. I think it's like one of the best that's happened in anything that's involving a Captain America. I couldn't comment on that because I don't remember. You don't remember any of them. But I liked it. I quite liked Sam's use of his wings. They were just like all over the place, tripping him up, catapulting him, doing the wee stringy maneuver. So I think what you're trying to say is a leg sweep with the wings, or yep. a wing sweep, mm-hmm. and a lasso. That's, yeah. that's essentially what he did. He grabbed him with the long rope and then flew away. Yeah, it's like Captain Fishing. Uh, but John Walker manages to get hold of. Well, he knocks. Um, he sort of knocks Bucky into. Is it like an electric conduit or something like that? And zaps his arm. Zaps his arm, and that sort of holds him down. He's not doing anything, and he has to fight Sam. I was kind of hoping at that point, like Bucky could evolve and like either throw electric balls or like electrify the shields, and that would have been hilarious. Possibly, I didn't even thought about that. But he's out for the count just now, anyway. And Sam has to fight him very briefly, and Sam kind of gets beaten up. He's on the ground, and John rips his wings off, which is linking to him getting potentially a new suit later. I wasn't sure if there was some symbolism to that, oh, because obviously, like, Captain John fallen, he's not Captain America now, and even though he's a falcon, is it maybe, like, an eagle or something, and he's taking the wings away? You know, like, America's the eagle. Am I just reading too much into uh, symbolism? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. The, there's a good bit of symbolism later that we want to talk about, but... Or maybe it could he's just a be... phoenix and he rises from the ashes. I suppose we really need to see what his eventual new suit would be to confirm or deny that, but it could very well just be that Captain America has ripped Falcon's identity away from him, or Falcon's former identity away from him in that fight. Yeah. Anyway, he's about to bash his head in, similar to the previous guy in the last episode, and then that's when Bucky sort of regains consciousness and knocks him out of the way, and they continue to struggle for the shield. Uh, John Walker's even saying things like, why are you doing this? Why are you making me do this? And Bucky's just very stoic. He doesn't reply. But Bucky obviously wants the shield to go to the right person, ultimately. And John Walker isn't the right guy to have that shield. I like to think of Bucky as like the protector or the sort of boomerang capability of the shield. Regardless of where the shield goes, Bucky always gets back to where it's meant to be. Certainly in this show. Anyway, the fight devolves into John Walker being pinned up against uh, like a big box with the shield in his left hand, and Sam and Bucky ha- get it out of his hand by breaking his arm. Oh, and you see it crumple, it's horrible. I was cringing at this point. Sam walks away with the shield. Well, first he kind of massages the blood all over it, which is kind of freaking me out, because, you know, you're not really meant to touch other people's blood. You don't know where they've been. That's fair, but you are a biologist. And you're like, ugh. Bare hands, you don't know what's in that. Yeah, actually, it was one other bit. Sam is actually the one that drops the shield at Sam. Bucky is the one that drops the shield at Sam. Did I say it wrong? You said Sam dropped it at Sam. Sam's lying on the floor at this point. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. So Bucky hands, uh, like, sort of looks at him with, like, kind of disdain, drops the shield at him, and sort of says, well, he doesn't say anything, but his face basically goes, like, there's your shield back. So Captain America is in trouble, or John Walker. He's going to be stripped of his title, and you see that happen. So, assumingly, what happens is once he has a fight with Sam, he is flown back or flies back to America and doesn't tell them where the shield is, but they go, we need the shield back. Do you think that's more of a sort of shame thing that he's lost the shield? Because I'd very much doubt you try and protect them. Oh, I hadn't thought about it as a shame moment, but yeah, probably, because he's a very proud guy. 
Because I very much doubt he'd have any... Well, I'm just going, like, Falcon took it. Yeah, but yeah, so the, the US government seemed to think he still has it and asked and sort of demands that they give it back to them as soon as possible, but... There was also an issue. See, when they were talking about him, they were retiring him, so they said retired without honours, so it's not a dishonourable discharge, it's just he's not getting the honours of the title. So it's like a neutral retirement. Yes, I think that's just called retirement usually. Neutral retirement. <laughs> like when I retire, I plan on having a neutral retirement. Oh, but he doesn't get any benefits or anything. So normally, do they not get to keep titles and stuff? Yeah, so I think if a soldier retires, you you get called the title of which you last held, I think. So in theory, he should be he should have left as Captain John Walker. I guess he's just going to be called John Walker now. So it's probably not an honourable discharge. It said it said it was a non-honourable, which I thought was a weird way to do it if it was a dishonourable, so it would just be a neutral. Yeah, but then if he doesn't have his titles, then isn't that dishonouring him? I don't know. But does it not get marked on your record or something if it's dishonourable? I don't really know the sort of semantics of it all, but I did like the fact they're saying, like, Mr. Walker, you're blah, 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 blah. This is he's walking out the room. He's like, Walker's walking. Walker is walking. An unknown character appears. I've never heard of her from the comics. She says, call me Val. She's got some longer name, which she says... Like, Countess Valentina. Countess Valentina. Okay, but she said, call me Val, but don't. Just keep it in your head. She had purple or blue in her hair. I like that. Yeah, it was like a streak of electric blue. She seemed quite um, seemed quite fun, a character, but don't really know much about her. All she says is that, basically, she he's really important to her, someone, because he's got the super soldier serum in him. She seems to know way too much about him. So... Is she working for the power broker? Is she working for some other client? I think she might be sort of like secret agent behind the scenes sort of government or non-government thing. I can't. I don't think she can be the government. No, I'll have to be like, but like a behind the scenes, like mm. he might disappear into nothingness, but still be doing stuff in the background. Yeah, we don't, we don't get to see it, but she says, wait for my phone call. I loved her card, though. Oh, uh, her business card. Does it say anything on it? No, it was a black one, so white the other, and that was it. <laughs> mm. What is that representing? An Othello piece. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> the grey area? She did say she worked for the grey area. Black one, side, uh, white yeah. the other. Yeah, okay. <laughs> She's in the grey area. You're much more on the ball about that than me, then. Maybe it's like a, a hidden sort of thing, like under UV light, or, I don't know, you do the lemon juice trick or something, and in the grey area you will find her. We have kind of jumped forward and sorry a bit from where Sam and... Bucky, our last left off. Sam is now holding the clean shield, and Sam essentially says to Bucky, asking him if he's going to go find Zemo. And he doesn't really seem to answer him. Torres has come in and is basically saying, oh, how are you? And he just leaves without speaking to him. He's like, nice to know you're feeling better or whatever. Bucky's very selective over who he talks to. Quite rightly. Last time anybody talks to him, sometimes he gets turned into a violent killer. Yeah, but he's becoming more sociable now, which I like. It's cute. Sam talks to Torres, shows him the broken wingsuit, and says, keep it. He's not interested. And so me well, and you... He doesn't show him it. He just immediately starts rummaging in the bag, just going, what happened? What happened? And Sam just keeps going, hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I'm wondering if that is right. Like, the, the Falcon suit's destroyed. It's been broken off of him. And he's now, like, I think that was him just walking away from it, basically. Like, now we're transitioning from him being Falcon into... Captain America. Captain America. But then well, Torres, we were talking. Yeah, yeah, we were wondering if Torres is now going to be the next Falcon, potentially. Which we really want him to be called Wingman. Yes. We think it sounds so much better. Well, not necessarily better. Just, just funnier. Just funnier. 
Plus, I like I quite like that guy's Taurus. He's quite a sort of quirky, be happy character. What was his first name? It got revealed later in the episode. I want to say Joaquim. Yeah, it sounded like that because at one point I, I I turned to you and said, "What did he say?" Because I couldn't work out the name because I thought he said Bucky at first. I was like, "Well, that's not Bucky. That's Torres." And he, so is his name Joaquim Torres? It has to be then, but he normally always calls him Torres. So Joaquim Torres, the wingman. Or maybe they call him like Tornado, like Torres Tornado. Where's his where Where's his wind powers coming from? The wings when he goes. <laughs> I'm doing a spinning motion with my finger right now. <laughs> This is why we need to video these. <laughs> I forget sometimes you can't see the motions. <laughs> it's the same point when, when Turnip's talking and I'm sitting nodding my head. <laughs> like, well, I need to actually talk. <laughs> yeah, and my eyes, like, you can sometimes only see my eyes with the way we've got the mics up. And I'm like, like with my eyes trying to go like, say something, please. Yeah, but I'm not good at subtlety, so I just keep going. You see Carly turn back up at the... The housey place. The house place in Riga, where her mentor died. And it's been deserted, it's been cleared out by troops. She basically says to everyone, you know, it's time that we act. I guess because like, they're on the back foot now, they're losing the battle. So that's basically setting up what's going to happen to them by the end of the episode. Yeah. But I do want to highlight that you got me to write down ponytail not even having a ponytail. This is how bad it's got. Yeah, Ponytail had his hair loose, which we maybe saw in the first episode, but not since, so it's serious business now. I don't know how often we've actually referred to that guy as Ponytail. You were even calling him Ponytail in the last few episodes. When talking to you, I don't know if we've ever actually referred to Ponytail on the podcast before. Oh, we have. You talk about him. When you talk about that guy, you've always called him Ponytail, because I I always call him Ponytail. Yeah, well, I, I do know him as Ponytail now through you. You guys will all know who Ponytail is. He's with Carly. He's like a wee puppy and he wears a ponytail. Bucky catches up with Zemo, who's standing outside. Not outside. He's standing in front of the Sokovia. Well, technically it is outside, but there's a Sokovia monument where the big crashy thing happened that I forgot about. And that's where Bucky goes to meet him. Because I think they referenced that earlier on, didn't they? They said, I bet you've never seen to, like, been to see the monument. Yeah, so I guess that's where you got a hint that... That's where he'd be. That's where he'd be, which is quite a long shot. Plus, Zemo's wanted to keep his freedom. He wouldn't have went there. He would have went somewhere else. I think he kind of knows that he had to either run or not run. So he picked the not run. Yeah. I love the symbolism at this point. So at one point, you thought Zemo was going to use code words to break Bucky again. Because he basically says, you are designed to kill. You are programmed to kill. And he's talking about Carly. You know what needs to get done. And basically saying, Sam is like Steve Rogers. Right, and then he points a gun at him. Bucky pulls out a pistol, puts puts a gun up to Zemo's face, and the camera does that refocus on the gun. Usually, just before in films and stuff, that they would fire, and he pulls the trigger, and nothing happens. But also, Zemo does not flinch. He look well when he pulled the gun out on him. He did look he looked shot, worried, but he never flinched when the trigger got pulled. Yeah, but then he drops all the bullets, as if to say, "That's me. I'm done killing." And that's him saying to the main guy who in this series has used him as a weapon. I just really liked it. It was like Bucky basically going back to his arch nemesis almost and saying, you have no control over me. I am my own person. Yeah, he now has a choice. Yeah, I can choose whether or not to kill you or not. I liked it. But then the, the Bucky is basically called the Dora Milaje at the same time, and they come and just arrest him and say they're taking him back to, was it the Ark? Not the, the Ark. The Raft. The Raft. The Raft, which I think must be a prison in Wakanda or something similar. It's probably like something that's floating midair or floating on the river there. Yeah, that you can't get out of. 
Yeah, and it's ridiculously hard, but that at least leaves him open to be used again. Ah, uh, because I like him. He's really good. But they also warn that he doesn't go back to Wakanda. He says Fuck stay it. scarce for now. Yes. So I think eventually he'll be allowed back because he did give him over eventually. The, however, one important thing, he does say, I need one more favour from you guys. And then that's where it kind of blanks out and you don't get to see what the favour is until later. This is where the episode starts getting better, isn't it? When yes. Sam goes home. Easily, easily gets better. Well, Sam goes to see Isaiah first. Oh yeah, oh my goodness, that was so sad. Sam goes to see Isaiah and Isaiah basically tells him the reason why his beliefs are what they are. So he explains his backstory. He had his, he had his own troops, his own men who were going to be killed by the government to basically hide secrets. Well, first of all, I never got told that he was going to be a super soldier. They told him it was a tetanus shot. Then his, the rest of his team was going to get killed by the government because they were classed as evidence rather than people. Mm. So he saves them all, but... Then they get killed anyway. They got killed anyway, and he then got experimented on for 30 years while they were basically trying to, I don't know, recreate this. No, how... Make, how Work kind of out why it worked on Work out him. why it works on them. Because it didn't work on all the people they put it in. Some of them, can't remember what they said, they had like an adverse ref- effect to it. I think the idea is that the serum, when it gets, well, the, the original serum, when it got given to different people, would mess you up in different ways. So, to bring it back anyway, Isaiah sees that Sam is holding the shield, and he says to him that that's a white man's shield. That's a white man's symbol of power. And he even tells Sam, there's no way they will ever let a black person be Captain America. Moreover, no, uh, what was it? No black person. No self-respecting black man would want to carry the shield. Yes. It does link into a conversation he has with Bucky later, but it's a really powerful line. I, I loved it. I, I was already a bit teary-eyed before that when he was talking about, well, Isaiah was talking about his wife. So I, I was a wee crying mess through all of this. It was a very emotional scene. I don't remember exactly if it was after this, but you get to see John Walker with Lamar's parents. And he's basically, he kind of feeds them the lie that, that the guy he killed was the guy that killed Lamar when it wasn't. I think he believes that, though. You think so? Well, he said it over and over, so I think he's he's told him it's, I don't know if deep down he believes it, but up, up front, I think he actually believes he's killed the guy that's killed Lamar. I suppose she was wearing a mask when, he, when she kicked him. And she only took the mask off and ran afterwards at when he was down at him. So maybe technically he doesn't really know. But... I think deep down he knows, but he's not quite got there yet. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. He could just be saying, like, he did it in that the whole group did it, so he was part of it. Maybe. But this is where you were quite upset at this. Well... <laughs> because, like, the par- like you're talking to the parents, and the parents are, like, reminiscing about their son, and, you know, he's obviously dead now. And she even hands him a really good photo of John Walker and Lamar together. Yeah, it was quite sad. It's emotional. There's lots of emotions in this one. It's always when you get to the wee parents and they don't really know the full story. They just know their son's dead or daughter's dead and whatever film. And it's just, it's always, it always gets a wee tear from me. So the next part is Sam's back at his home with his sister. And basically they're going to fix the boat again. That was, that was his idea. Uh, but a buyer didn't come in to, sell, uh, to purchase the boat. So Sam sort of decides that he's going to get all the neighbours in to help him. No, you've got that there on the right. So they were going to sell the boat, but no one would buy it because it's too broken. So then they need to fix it up to sell it. But then they later decide that they're not going to because it's their history. Yes, but that's a bit later. You see the scene where he's calling everyone around. Basically, I think the point was he said that the mum 
His mum used to feed the whole neighbourhood. So he's basically calling in a big favour. Well, yeah, the sisters notice that some kids that are friends with her kids, they don't get lunches and stuff, so she feeds them as well. It's just like her mum used to do. So everyone in the town, technically, would probably like to help or give a wee bit back because their parents were so nice to everybody. And uh, there is a scene where everybody's come around. They've like brought, like you see, like fuel cans and other such things and... Bucky's on the boat, even though he didn't really announce he was there, and you see him like picking up like huge crates and just moving them on his own. Yeah. And then that's when he leaves Sam a gift. It's a big box. Which first we thought might be new wings. Yes. But then later we decided it might be a super suit. I think it's a full new suit. It might not have a mask as such, but I think it's going to be a suit somewhere between the Falcon suit, Captain America, and Iron Man. Yeah, I don't know if it'll have wings, but it'll definitely have the blasty backpack thing because he used that when he was doing the shield fight with captain john and that worked quite well yeah i think because because stark is dead and he's not going to be a super soldier so i think they need to power him up with a few more gadgets maybe a new weebo maybe maybe you look so happy now i want a new weebo (laughs) i hope he just gets like goggles rather than a helmet though we'll see but with him on the boat look this is where it turns into the sort of buddy comedy which we wanted this whole time and it is this light-hearted affair where it's a montage of them fixing the boat up well first first sam introduces him to his sister yes. and bucky's oh. like hello and then sam immediately clocks this and he's yeah. like oh no <laughs> i thought it was quite sweet how they were talking because it looked like they were getting on well they, they literally just said hello but then later on when he starts to say like he's very smiley around his sister and what was it his comment later on was basically, you flirt with my sister, I'll chop you into little pieces and feed you to the fishes. And Bucky's just like, okay, and then continues to smile around her. Yes. <laughs> In the montage of the boat stuff, what happened, Sasquatch? Well, we Sam was trying so hard to do all the things. And then Bucky just marches up with his wee super arm and rips panels off or tightens the bolts in that form. The bit with the bolt was really funny because when he's tightening it, He's using his, he's using the spanner, like, and obviously he's a super soldier, so he's using the spanner with his right arm to like tighten it in and stop the steam. And Sam turns to him and says, "Why didn't you just use the arm?" And he went, "It doesn't always come to me naturally. I'm right-handed, and his left arm's the metal one." Yeah, I think it's quite cute. So the both stuff was really good. I mean, the 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 music over the background was really nice. Yeah, I, kind of funny quirks and stuff. You realize they're getting on. They're like a wee team now. They just don't know it yet. Yeah. So then it goes on to training with the shield. Yes. And in training with the shield, it's a great scene. They've got um. I'm still kind of wondering how the shield is so bounceable. I know it's made of vibranium, which is like this like weird wonder metal. It doesn't really exist, but still, it's not got any other powers. So in theory, like like when they when they throw the shield at something, it should just like behave behave like normal physical objects and just like maybe angle to one side and fall down into the ground. But no, it just goes ping, ping, ping between like three or four trees, and they are expert at like bouncing it between each other. Well, first it kept going in the trees, so then they strapped pillows to them all. Yes, yeah. It was like big training pads for like fighting. So pillows are obviously the key to bouncing it when you're not a pro at it yet. Well, when you're throwing it wood anyway. Yes. They have a great talk. Bucky seems to come to the realisation that the reason Sam gave it away wasn't necessarily just because he might have felt like he wasn't right for the shield, but that it was because of his skin colour. Bucky says he didn't realise the magnitude of the situation giving the shield to a black man and that's the sort of moment where i think you realize that bucky now gets it yeah andy apologizes which i thought was nice sam sort of becomes bucky's therapist and sort of tells him how he thinks he should deal with his problems and that he should go to everyone and actually 
actively work towards helping them. We never even said everyone else. Like, just pick one person. Well, he said, well, he said there's 12 people on the list, or a, a dozen, there might be a dozen people on the list, and Sam said, we'll just start with one. And you're not aiming to make yourself feel better, you're aiming to make them feel better. Mm. And that's what will give you, like, actual closure. Yeah, when they're walking away, really good moments like that. So the wee guy that we reckon this is going to be is the wee old guy from the beginning when he killed his son. So that was in the first episode when we saw these guys. Which yeah. also might mean he might seem the same girl that he ran out on the date with, which might be a wee bit of humour added in. Maybe. How would you fix that? You've killed that guy's son. How are you going to make him feel better? You're not going to make him feel better, but he doesn't know what's happened to his son. So he's going to basically come in and tell him what actually happened to him. So it won't make him feel better, but at least he'll know what happened. As they're walking away from this scene, there are a couple of good moments where Bucky and Sam are giving lies to each other. So are we co-workers? Partners? But then like, no, we are co-workers. But then... <laughs> it was guys with a common friend. Yeah, so we're, guy, we're, we're, we're not friends. We're guys with a common... Fr- guys with a common friend. We're a couple of guys with a mutual friend. That's it. We're a couple of guys with a mutual friend. And then Sam says, but mutual friend's gone. So then Bucky says, so we're a couple of guys. They're going to realise they're friends soon enough. Yeah. I mean, the, the boat scene sort of suggests that they are friends anyway. Plus, yeah. Bucky's going to be back there to say hello again to his sister. You don't really see him saying anything else but hello. <laughs> That's true. He, Sam does say at one point, don't flirt with my sister. I'm like, well, we've not really been flirting. He's just sort of been giving the eyes. He's been giving some smiles and saying hello, but Sam's been giving him the side eye going, you flirting with my sister? There's also, I can't remember when it popped up, but there was a cutscene back to the, the woman that helped them escape before Sharon. It cuts to her and she's on the phone and she's dealing with this French dude and saying, I'll pay you double what I did before. So now we're starting to wonder if she's the power broker and she's behind all that stuff all along. So the French dude ends up going to the park where Carly is and he's got a big briefcase and he says he doesn't want to be part of the flag people. He just wants to be... Um, able to kill Falcon. But I think this is also the one who, what do you call it, said she'd pay double. The same guy, wasn't it? Possibly. Uh, well, we don't know, but we think so. But you also pointed out that his name in the show is also his real name, which you thought was funny. Yeah, so the actor is George St. Pierre, and he referred to the character as George in this. So, yeah. George is played by George. So he opens his briefcase, lots of big weapons in it, and then Ponytail, who doesn't have a ponytail, it's like, whoa, I didn't think we were. We were getting down to this yet. She says it's time for action. And she, she boops something on her phone to like activate the people that are on her side. And just pretty much everyone in the park stands up, don't they? And she just whistles and they come calling. It's almost like they're really like wee zombie people going to their master. It's really fortunate that they're all standing in the one park. Set up. Yeah. Anyway, they're all they're all going to attack the GRC building and basically uh, stop the vote. Are they having a conference on how to get rid of the... Refugees. Yeah. Because that's what the Flag Smashers are, the refugees. Well, they're they're not... I liked how they put it. It's not They're not really refugees. It's that they don't have a country. They don't have anywhere. Yeah, because refugees sort of suggest that you're you are asking for refuge from somewhere. But if you're... They're from nowhere. Well, they're from somewhere, but I don't know. It's all very confusing. But, <laughs> yeah, so... The the conference is that so is that when it jumps to the conference? Yes. Uh, so all all the big heads of state or country or whatever are all round this big round table and one of them saying we'll just go in and round up the refugees and other people says we can't herd them like cattle. Mm-hmm. And then the wee security guy comes in and boops his badge and says what's the line? 
One World, One People? Think so. Some the whatever the flag splashers line is, um, he comes in, boops his badge, says that, and next minute all the lights go out, the red lights go on, and you know, you know something's about to kick off. And that's where this left. The last thing we see is Sam opening the opening suitcase. a suitcase, but you only see his face. You don't see what's in it. Yes, and we think it's a suit. Yeah, I definitely think it's a suit. Could be wrong, but what else could it be? New Weibo. Just a wee bow on his head. A fancy pair of shoes. <laughs> it's not going to be a fancy pair of shoes. Imagine it was just like Ant-Man. <laughs> oh, no, it has to be a suit. We're guessing suit. And then it just looks up, zooms up in his face and then cuts off. And that's the end of the It's episode. totally going to be a suit. And then you, the first time we see it is he'll be flying in. To save the day. To save the day. And everybody will be like, who is this guy? And he'll be like... I'm Falcon America. I like the idea of Falcon America. I said that during the show. I liked it when he was calling up all the wee boat people to help and they kept calling him Mr. Falcon. <laughs> hey, Mr. Falcon. Yeah, but then we, we, well, you knew already that there's an after credit scene in this one. Yes, I have an inside informant. Yes. So, which is a good to know, especially since the credits are so very, very long for these shows. It's good to know which ones have them. I quite. I know we haven't really talked about the credits that much, but I think the credits of this show are way, way, way worse than One Division's credits were. That was the one where you sort of saw the colourful rows and the rings interconnected. And... Yeah, I feel bad cutting out before the credits because obviously every single of these people are always working so hard on it, but at the same time, it's just lists of people and names and companies. We forgot about the training montage. We didn't forget about it, you seemed to blip over it. Well, I forgot about it. Not the training montage with Bucky, the training oh, montage yeah. of Sam on his own. Oh yeah, so before we talk about the... Okay. Sam starts training with the shield. And doing lots of running. Doing lots of running. So what you pointed out was the credit music. Yes. So he's, he's factored that in. So he is training to be Captain America now. Yes. Or Falcon America. Whatever version of Captain America he's going to be. Yes. Captain Falcon. I liked how it showed you him getting better with the shield. So he was, there was lots of scenes of it, lots of bits of him throwing the shield, bouncing it off, bouncing it off of a tree or whatever, and it like flying away from him or like coming back at him. He's not ready, not quite able to catch it. I didn't see if this was if it was a body double or anything like that. But if it wasn't, Anthony Mackie can sure flip around. Yeah, all the fancy maneuvers. Mm. I liked it. I thought it was good. But I never really noticed before. He was quite fit, but did he bulk up a bit? Or is that just because it's more like focused on him now before he was in the big suit and now he's kind of got the tank top on? He probably was already at a certain level of physical He's fitness. maybe just kind of upped it just a wee bit. The first time you see him properly is in Captain America 2 and he's he's running around a lake. And that's where Steve is running around a lake and he keeps lapping him. So I think he was already of a certain physical fitness, but maybe he has bulked up for this show. But yeah, um, he got good with the shield. Looking forward to him being Falcon America in the next one. It's almost like you waited, though, after the training. After he can use the shield, he then treated himself to open the box. That's true. What do you think is going to happen with the government? Do you think they're going to see him fly in with the shield, save the day, and then say, you can be Captain America then? Or do you think they're still going to demand the shield and then he's going to be like a rogue Captain America? I think it might be a bit more rogue. He's going to be the captain for the people rather than the captain for the government. Well, he's he's obviously going to be himself. Yeah. 
he was he was one of the ones that with Steve didn't sign the Sokovia Accords to basically say that we aren't going to be controlled by an entity. We're going to be our own group. So I think he will continue being that. Like the government might have a say in, will you please do this? But then he's not going to actively work for the government. But then that Countess woman, she also said that the government don't own the shield. It's a grey area. That's true. They claim that they own it, but they don't own it. Yeah. I don't know if there's going to be a power struggle there, but that's obviously for the future because there's only one ever episode to tie all this up together. There is an after credit scene, and the after credit scene is Walker building his own shield. Yeah, and putting his, was it his Medal of Honor he's using to put on it? Yeah, or his Medal of Honors. Yeah. But it's not going to be made out of vibranium, so I don't know what, it's probably just a symbol, I guess. Or is he going to hand that one back to the government? Ah, maybe, and then they'll have the fake. Yeah, but then they might be like, well, what's, what are these Medal of Honors doing? And you'll be like, uh, I don't know. I think he's got it in his head that he is Captain America, so he's going to make himself Captain America. Yeah. Do you think he's going to die at the end of the show? I think it'll be more along your lines. It's like he'll go into sort of like the secret team in the background. Oh, I did get the Thunderbolts wrong, by the way. The Thunderbolts? Remember in the last episode I explained that um, Thunderbolt Ross, I thought he was going to be the power broker. Mm-hmm. And I said that there's a group called the Thunderbolts. Mm-hmm. Well, the Thunderbolts aren't a group of super soldiers. The Thunderbolts are essentially Marvel's version of the Suicide Squad. Oh, so they are bad oh. people who are basically sent on ridiculous missions for the government. Right, okay, okay. So I got that completely wrong. So I'm owning it up here. You never know, you might join that team anyway. But I'm starting to wonder if Falcon's going to become like Captain Whatever and Captain John still think he's Captain America, if it's going to be like a Captain V's Captain fight at the end. Oh, he's definitely going to be there and he's going to fight. Because last time Sam lost against him, so obviously the next fight he's going to come back better and stronger and whatnot. And with the Wakanda power, he will be better. Yes. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to the end of this because I think that was the best episode so far. I don't know if they can really top it, but... All depends how they end it. Yeah. Are you enjoying it more now? I like that episode much more. Still looking forward to Loki. The more I see about Loki, the more excited I get. Yeah. Are you one to watch the last trailer? The last trailer? Well, there's a trailer out for it. I may have seen it. How dare you? You watched it without me. I don't know. No, I think I've watched them all with you, so I probably haven't seen it. I'll watch it again. You never know. <laughs> well, anyway, thanks again, guys, for listening. Sorry for the audio difficulties in this episode. We will endeavor to make that better in the future. Remember, you can always get in touch with us on Twitter or Instagram. Our email address is also in the description of the episode if you want to give us any feedback or a request. See you in the next episode, guys. If you guys really like this episode, on whatever podcast platform you're on, can you give us a five-star review? It will really help us out. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. But don't flirt with my sister. Because if you do, I'll have Carlos cut you up and feed you to the fish.